This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in, Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, normally here. I'm sick this week, so he is on the IR. We will be checking in with Mike Melby within the next 20 minutes from his house, so he'll be on the rewind tonight. But joining me tonight, Jake Bachoven. You know him from the Captain Show and the long ticket star. He's been on the ticket for a long time, since basically the inception. So but he'll join me for the next two hours every Sunday from 5 to 7. It's Husker Rewind. Big story. We'll start with something un-Husker related, except for they're a Big Ten team. Mel Tucker has been suspended as the head coach at Michigan State. And we'll see where this goes. Uh, Brenda Tracy, we talked about it briefly with Harrison going leading into this show. Brenda Tracy, who is a an advocate uh, for victims of sexual assault, has accused Mel Tucker of sexual assault. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Mel Tucker, of course, uh, was it two years ago? I think a year and a half ago or so after that great season. I think it was 11-2 and two, uh, for Michigan State. Last year had a bad season, but two years ago, a very good season, which caused Michigan State to give him $95 million. And you kind of wonder if Michigan State might see this as an opportunity to get out of a bad contract with Mel Tucker. And we'll see what happens from there. Uh, busy day in the NFL. My fantasy team is not doing well, Bach. Not doing well at all. I don't know how yours is doing, but uh, we'll be back uh, next week and probably lose again. I wasn't happy with my draft. I was kind of in no man's land. No man's land with the ninth pick of in the draft, and I got Chubba, or I got uh, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Uh, for Cleveland, who looked good today, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Knocked off uh, Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. Who did not very... look good. <laughs> Joe Burrow did But my team did not look good, and we're getting – well, it's not over. It's not over. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? It's not over now. <laughs> uh, but we're going to lose uh, my team. Even Stevens is the name of my fantasy team. But your thoughts on Mel Tucker and what's going on at Michigan State. Do you see him as being the coach – in East Lansing next week. Well, we're had, you know there was kind of conflicting reports, and at, be, at the beginning it was uh, fired, and now yeah. you're, originally you're they didn't say suspended. he was fired, didn't they? Yeah, um, and from what I'm reading, it's basically a formality. They kind of have to go through the legal stuff. So right now he's listed as suspended, and part of that is probably to, um, like you just said, kind of be able to get out of that contract a little bit easier. Which, you know, it's it's not comfortable to talk about that stuff, you know, in in a, in a serious matter that's going on you know outside of football here but it is you know it's kind of business it is kind of what's going on there and and it's something that has to be addressed it is it is very strange I mean because you know when I this this story kind of broke last night so I I, you know was kind of looking into it and then it you know went to bed just kind of thinking I don't know and then I wake up and and see that Brenda Tracy is you know is the other person involved and you know it just kind of takes you back to very strange I mean again you kind of went over it briefly she was um, she did not necessarily, she was, she held a grudge against Mike Riley for the longest time right. because her, they uh, kind of made up. Uh, yeah, they point. did. When he they was, did. When he was the coach at Nebraska, she came 
to speak about sexual assault uh, on college campuses. And it's, you know, Mike Riley, I think legitimately, sincerely apologized to her. And yeah. I think she accepted that apology. This is the story. Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker is suspended without pay while the university completes an investigation into the claims that he sexually assaulted a prominent sexual assault awareness speaker after she was hired to speak with the Spartan team. The athletic director, Alan Haller, announced uh, Tucker's interim suspension Sunday night, less than 24 hours after a news uh, after news of the claims against the fourth-year coach were made public in reports from ESPN and USA Today. Interim University President Teresa Woodruff appeared alongside Haller at the news conference, but uh, he's been suspended. And uh, I think their defensive backs coach might be taking over as I read down farther Mm. here. Uh, But suspended with pay while they complete an investigation on Mel Tucker. Well, too, I mean, because basically from what I've read, too, it's kind of was it consensual or not? Tucker is saying that, you know, it was consensual. It's very strange stuff uh, to begin with, (laughs) like kind of like. Phone flirtations is, I guess, the best way I can put it that yeah. I don't want to get further into it's very it. very weird. If you have any sort of imagination, you can kind of understand what's going on there. But trying to see if that, you know, that was consensual. Um, not a good look either way for Mel Tucker. Obviously, um, a married man has two kids with his wife. Um, and, uh, yeah. and again, I mean, this is the very – I mean, he brought Brenda Tracy on campus to, <laughs> to tell his – to, like, teach his kids, uh, you know, about – about sexual assault and, and awareness and, and, you know, how to keep yourself out of trouble and all that. And then he he's the one that ends up getting in trouble. So, I mean, either way, it's going to be a bad look. Uh, if you remember, you know, under his lead to the Michigan State, Michigan kind of fight in the tunnel um, assault from last year. I mean, it, so it hasn't been necessarily very good, and especially since that breakout season, which is apparently when, you know, these uh, Tracy and, and Tucker first met and first started talking. Um, but um, just just very strange. Uh, and, 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 you know, you kind of just have to wait how it all, all plays out but um it's it, it is it's it, it's for a michigan state program that's dealt with larry nasser and, and you know and all that stuff right i mean this is this is a bad look a, a really bad look a michigan state assistant harlan barnett will serve as an interim head coach in tucker's absence former spartan head coach uh, mark d'antonio is also returning to the team to serve as associate head coach starting this week it's kind of a barry alvarez thing they did that yeah. at wisconsin uh, when they were going through uh, coaching changes, but very odd times. And I could see that, you know, bringing back Mark D'Antonio, kind of calming the waters. Nebraska kind of did that uh, with Tom Osborne uh, when they were going through athletic director problems uh, after Sean Eichhorst. Uh, actually, when Steve Peterson went through that mess, they brought back in Tom Osborne to the helm. And then Sean Eichhorst came in as interim and then ultimately took over, and that never worked. That didn't work out as well. But Michigan State certainly having their problems. Uh, let's move on to Nebraska, what we learned yesterday. And I think the thing that we learned is the thing that we thought we learned already uh, from game number one against Minnesota is that Nebraska has quarterback problems. So what we saw against Minnesota happened again this time more via the fumble than the interception, but now Jeff Sims has six turnovers in two games. He threw three interceptions against Minnesota. He had 
two fumbles and really three fumbles. Yeah, one doesn't count against him, but it was one on doesn't him. count against him, but it should. Yeah, because it was just a bad handoff. Uh, and then he had one interception, so he had three total turnovers. As we mentioned, he has thirty-seven touchdowns, or what? What was the stat? Like thirty-seven touchdowns and twenty-seven picks uh, in his career. Thirty-one touchdowns and twenty-seven picks in his career as a starting quarterback. And we had heard, hey, he's accurate. Uh, He was just in a bad program at Georgia Tech. We can fix him. We kind of heard similar things in the Scott Frost era. Hey, we can fix his throwing motion, whether you're talking about whoever, uh, McCaffrey uh, at one point, or when Adrian was going through some, some problems with interceptions. Hey, we can fix the throwing motion. I've always said... Quarterbacking is pretty much like being a great shooter. Either either you have it. Yes, you can refine it. You can make it better. But it's tough to make somebody who is not a good passer or just doesn't. And I wouldn't even call him a bad passer. I would just say that he he seems to be somebody that doesn't see the field. He just doesn't see the field at a high level right now. Yeah, it's it's really hard to uh, even look at this last game because he threw for a hundred yards. I mean, they didn't really go to try to fling the ball around. But that's this the game. problem, Bach. I mean, you're only throwing 15 times a game. You yeah. can't throw an interception if you're only throwing for those numbers. He oh, threw yeah. 19 times against Minnesota and threw three picks. Yeah, I mean, if you're only going to throw that many times, you can't have four picks in two games. No, and then you you know throw the fumbles in there, and then what bothered me more than just the fumbles was when. When it did happen, he didn't. It didn't like jump on the ball. It was kind of like a, you know, even the one time where it hit his man in motion, he just threw up his arms yeah. like he was upset and frustrated. Maybe he should be, but the ball's on the ground. And Nebraska yeah. thankfully recovered that one. But you know, part of it has to be if if you you know, and I know he's going through some things, and getting frustrated. But you have to at least recover the ball, or that's gonna that's gonna hurt you even more. I mean, no. This is not. This is not sustainable. There, there's no. I. I don't. I know they feel like he's their best quarterback, but you can't have four turnovers a game um, and expect to win. That that was the surprise of the Minnesota yeah. game. They were minus three in the turnover category, and they only lost by three. Stunning. Well, more often than not, it's going to turn out like this Colorado game. If you if you're minus three in the turnover. Well, Colorado department. scored 16 points off turnovers, and you just take away those 16 points. Nebraska's in the game. Yeah. Uh, because in many of those. In a few of those cases, the first turnover, they were about, they were, you know, ready to score. Uh, they were ready to score numerous times. And I think you could see the defense deflate. I thought the defense played pretty well overall. If there's one of the things that I've learned over the first two games and learned again on Saturday is this defense and a fairly young defense in various spots really runs to the football. They play hard. They're not perfect by any means, but they were up against – what I think will be a Heisman candidate, pick your Heisman candidate. Is it Shadur Sanders or is it Travis Hunter? Or maybe it's Dylan Edwards. Who knows uh, where Colorado will end up. Xavier Weaver starting to Xavier Weaver had the best game of all of them. <laughs> yeah. um, so they've got two legitimate guys that certainly are all league performers and maybe even more than that. Uh, and that, I thought that defense – basically should have had a shutout, right? They should have had a shutout for an entire half. Yeah, and and I and it's kind of interesting to see kind of to evaluate that, especially the defense. I know they were left on the field or what felt like forever. Ultimately, time of possession wasn't all that different. So, they, I mean, they each had the, the ball about the same time, but it was almost just like hope. At some point, you're going to lose hope because – 
I mean, you're just being put in all these bad positions. You start, you know, and so the snowball just kind of started rolling downhill in that defense. And so it's it's kind of weird, too. I, I don't know. I, I think that they're, you know, they played a good two and a half quarters. And, yeah. and then it kind of unraveled because they did end up giving 455 yards and 36 points. That's not a stout defensive performance. But, again, it's it, – it, to me, it, it just at some point they lost hope. They but if lost you would have told me at that, to the that start game. of the game, I was I would have thought that's pretty good. If yeah. you told me at the start of the game that's what they were going to give up, um, I I would have thought that's that's probably less than I expected because I saw <laughs> I saw them put up 565 yards against TCU who played in the national title game. Yeah, uh, the week before, so Nebraska did better than TCU, and I'm pretty sure that TCU still has some decent talent from a team that played in the national title game. By the way, we are on the Sutter Heyman live stream. Uh, you can watch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and on Allo, channel, uh, channel 95.1. Uh, but I thought that was and has been one of the good signs is Nebraska has some defensive talent. Cameron Linhart's the real deal. Yeah, that was good to see. Uh, two sacks in that game. That is the most by a freshman since Barry Turner did it. Uh, Barry Turner played under Bo Pelini. I think he started out under Bill Callahan, Callahan yep. uh, and finished under Bo Pelini. But that's been a while since a freshman has had that kind of performance. But you're also seeing guys like Princewell, Eumann Yellen, uh, who I think has stepped up. I, I think they've got other guys that are – Blaze Gunderson has played well from time to time. Uh, Mackay Gabor, I think, has a chance to be a really good linebacker at Nebraska. Um, man, you, you'd like to think if you could just change the offense to the point where you go spread option, try to give me a couple hundred yards rushing every game, give me some easy passes for the quarterback, melt the clock, maybe go to a, a, a quicker tempo, uh, than you've been running so far and don't turn the ball over. <laughs> it seems easy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not even like Nebraska's taking many chances. They're one of the few teams in college football that huddle. They take their time getting to the line of scrimmage, and they still screw up. Well, and, and, I, and I, I don't think that there's a, a simple solution to this. I mean, Nebraska, I don't think it has the talent on the perimeters. I think the running backs are okay. I think the offensive line might be slightly improved for one of the worst offensive lines in the FBS last year. I mean, I think it, there are problems beyond Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims obviously being... The biggest one because of, of the constant turnovers, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think they could switch this offense, but I, you, you kind of have to ask yourself, what do you, what is, what is this year about? Is it about trying to scratch out five or six wins and get to a bowl game and maybe that kind of gets you going? Or is it about laying a foundation and, and getting in and running the offense that you want, that you envision recruiting to in a few years and that you envision working ultimately? Because yeah. that's what they believe in, in, in this pro style offense. And I think that's long term makes a lot of sense for the where we are geographically. Yeah where Nebraska has historically done it. Um, but it's, I mean, because they can switch up this offense and, and maybe they go to a spread and maybe get to 23 points per game. But, I mean, they're not going to light the world on fire one way or the other. And then I think part of this defense and protecting this defense is uh, to to kind of, you know, lean on the clock and, and try to, to kind of grind that out as much as you can, which you can do better from this this style. So it just kind of depends on what they want to do from here. Um, I do think that we the sky is not falling as much as we may think it is. You know, playing Minnesota and Colorado out of the gate, a lot of these teams, I mean, Michigan State we just mentioned is 2-0 and because they're, they're playing roast beef state. 
State. Yeah, um, they are. Nebraska's got a few of those those games coming up. Now they mm-hmm. could lose to Northern Illinois. Illinois lost to Kansas. Could I lose mean, to Louisiana Tech. I mean, Kansas is pretty good. Purdue's one and one. Yeah. I mean, there, there are teams that are. I mean, Nebraska has the worst record in the Big Ten. There's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no other team in the Big Ten that is zero and two right now. Yeah. But there's also no other team in the Big Ten that has played teams like Colorado and Minnesota in their first two games. That was the worst schedule that you could possibly have gotten. And you thought maybe we'll we'll get one against Colorado. They were one and eleven yeah. last year. They're the worst team in, one of the worst teams in college football, maybe next to Northwestern. And now you look at Northwestern, they won yesterday. Maybe you won't <laughs> beat Northwestern. It feels like the sky is falling and I thought, well, the sun will come up tomorrow and then it didn't. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't, yeah. Uh, it's t- raining it, out today. It, it's raining out there. It was cloudy all day. The sun did not come up. So if you were looking for that uh, little smile uh, to come to your face, no, it didn't happen. But um, I, I still believe that Matt Rule's the right guy. I do think he did himself a little bit, a little bit of a disservice by by saying all. You don't know how good these guys are going to be, and I understand that you hype your players, but. You know, I think he was quoted as saying he'll play. You know, he's a pro. He's an NFL guy, yeah. And he said that about numerous guys on this roster. Yeah. And I don't think you know that until you know that. And I don't think it's always good to say about a guy, a running back, hey, he has fumble issues. And we don't play guys that have fumble issues. Well, now your quarterback has fumble issues. How are you going to backtrack with that? Yeah, and Anthony Grant didn't get a carry yesterday, and and clearly, yeah, clearly being put on the shelf because of those fumbling issues. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Again, I just don't know if you have the talent to do that. I mean, and, and Gabe Irvin was running fine. They they kind of did started to open up and and get some big runs on Colorado going into halftime, and then all of a sudden coming out in the second half by the I mean it was twenty nine to seven before you turn around they couldn't right. keep doing it. So, you know, I kind of understand why they went away from the run, but that's something again, I think we have to kind of remain patient with this team. And I think you're I think you're very mad if you came into this year thinking they're gonna win seven or eight games. But if you're like me and you thought I thought they'd win seven games. Let's see well that's and the, I was dead wrong. That's the problem though. I mean I I, I was drinking the roulette. <laughs> right. I, I, and I swore that I wouldn't do it and then a week before the season <laughs> I was I swear I was going to go 5 and 7. Well, and then I went 7 and 5. Yeah. And I don't blame you. I mean, that's part of being a fan. You want to you don't want to have an optimistic view, but I think a very realistic view is this a team that hasn't been to the bowl game in two, since right. 2016. They kind of patched together a team last year and while there were some nice flashy stats there, that team went 4 and 8. I mean, you're not and, and yes, Dion has has kind of flipped the narrative on what a rebuild means, right. but I a lot of people have kind of been arguing whether or not that's uh, you know, whether you can replicate that or if that's Dion or if it's the fact that he has, you know, he's gone out there and got, like you said, some all-league guy at quarterback they who is his son. Eight, 84 players. They yeah. brought in 84 players. And we all sat here during the offseason and said, that's a mistake. You can't do that. These guys don't even know each other. There was a story. There was that story earlier just a couple of weeks ago that guys were fighting in practice and he was mad that other guys weren't fighting for yep. guys that they yep. didn't even know. Um, but he's built it in a insane amount of time and I guess it shows you you know the NFL does it all the time they br- you bring in free agents sometimes you know 10 12 15 and you can change your entire organization by doing that you bring in a Travis Hunter and it should do her Sanders you could change your whole culture just with those two guys alone 
Yeah, and, and and I think that that's I think that that's where that's why this thing is so crazy. And I know some people are thinking, well, the nation's getting overboard on Colorado and it's Dion, and and I do agree to a, a degree with that. But you have to understand who Colorado was before these two games. Yeah. They were Kansas. We give Can we give Lance Leipold all the credit in the world for going six and seven at Kansas last year, and he deserves it because they were down in the doldrums like yeah. two or three wins a year for the last fifteen years. Colorado's the same way. And somehow he's been able to turn this around. And again, I don't know if any coach out there can just do it like this. But I do tell you this: with the new way the NCAA is, um, you know, allowing the transfer portal and all in NIL and all this stuff, that's that's going to be that's going. People are going to try to replicate that. So there are going to be some total roster overhauls in the next couple of years. And maybe you don't need this slow build. But I, I again, I urge Husker fans to have patience because the slow build is the way that Matt Rule. That's what you hired. That's but on he, his resume. But also, Matt Rule got suckered into trying to win right now. Remember that quote uh, that he said, you know, I don't want year number two to be year number one. Yeah. Meaning that you're kind of starting from scratch all over because maybe you played the older guys trying to year win in year number one and it didn't work out. And now you're playing the, year, the younger guys in year number two. I still think the slow build with the older guys is the way to go. If nothing else, these younger guys will see – what these older guys are doing, because there are some good examples, despite the fact uh, that Nebraska has lost their first two games, they should have, they should be one and one by any stretch. They should be one and one right now. Um, but I know what he meant by that, because he's always been a guy that at Temple picked pick the younger guys, played them right away, knowing that they weren't going to win that year number one, but they were building for year number two. Did the same thing at Baylor. Now those were different. Situations We talk about what's going on in Michigan State. Baylor yeah. certainly had their problems with sexual assault. He was trying to deal with that while coach a football team. I can't even imagine what he was going through. So he thought this scenario, I, I don't think he was lying to us when he thought that Nebraska could win now. I still think when he said yesterday at the podium, I think we're a good team. Yeah. I don't think he's lying. Well, I, I think he means it. If they, I mean, if they can clean up the turnovers, they probably you win the first game. And, you know, it, it, again, and it's just one. I mean, you could just have take away one of those turnovers against Minnesota. But then I think there are going to be some games that are like this. I don't think there's a whole lot of them left on the schedule. But Michigan's going to be a bloodbath. I don't care how quick you want to turn it around. Th that you're going up against a, a, a top-five program right now. Not team, program. Yeah. I, but I do think, like, if we still look down the schedule, and I know there are a lot of people are thinking, well, I don't think they're going to do this or that. And, again, it's going to be tough to get to a bowl game, but that was how it was always going to be if you were going to be realistic about it. Still, I'm not counting Nebraska out against Northern Illinois or Louisiana Tech or Illinois or Northwestern well, or hope, Purdue or Maryland. against those teams. Well, but I'm saying there's there's still seven or eight games left on the schedule where I think after watching Nebraska in two games – thinking they can still win those games. Yeah. Again, it's going to be hard, and, and I don't expect them to win every one of them because they got to get over the hump. they got to learn how to win. But Colorado's not the team we thought they were entering yeah. the season. So you have to, we have to just kind of ex accept that and, yeah. and say they're going to be one of the tougher opponents Nebraska plays this year. Off the Sutter-Hayman text line, the Honda of Lincoln hotline, um, both Walter and Williams say, you're, you're complaining about the schedule now? Just look at it in the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, And that is true. Um, when you lose games that you should have won and then you realize, oh, wait a minute, USC, UCLA, <laughs> US, Oregon, and Oregon are all coming up, uh, then it really, the pain really starts because you're, it's not going to always be, you know, a loss followed by 
here comes Northern Illinois or yeah. here comes La Tech and we can get well fast. The schedule is going to get harder and harder. And now Colorado says they want to play Nebraska every year. Can you yeah. imagine adding that to the non-conference schedule? Uh, and then having USC and UCLA and Ohio State and Michigan every year. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't complain about the schedule because it's only going to get more NFL style in the years to come. Well, and that's what's frustrating, too, real quickly, is that, you know, not not just that Nebraska hasn't been able to get off the mat since that 62-36 to loss to Colorado in 2001. That kind of started the avalanche where we are now. But the other part of that problem is they did that while being in the Big 12 North and the Big 10 West for all those years. The two of the easiest divisions right. where your schedule does line up for you all along for that that period of time, it's, it's going to be harder in the next 20 years schedule-wise than it was in the past 20 years. Yeah, uh, we'll see where Mike Melby wants to go. He uh, is homesick, but he did agree to call in. I'm still going to make him work, even if he's sick. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, so he'll be. Uh, we'll call him, and we'll talk to Mike Melby, former voice of the Lincoln Stars. He's on this show. Of course, He's he was at Eagle Raceway for years yeah. as the track announcer. Very experienced. He was at the Blaze. He was a rock jock at one time. Hope you listen to the show on a regular basis. We like doing it. Bach is in tonight. Uh, 5 to 7 every Sunday night. It's called Husker Rewind. Mike Melby is on the way next. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Tom Stevens, Jake Bachhoven. Normally Mike Melby is here, but he's been sick all weekend. And after watching that game yesterday, I'm guessing Evie's probably even sicker. I hope he's still alive. Mike, you still around? I kind of am. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was one of those. First of all, before we get going, um, I've got to give a major shout out to, to your, your co-host tonight, Tom, Jake Bachoven for all the work that him and, and his lovely wife Maria put in last weekend at Eagle Raceway to do something that I, to me, I thought was really stupid. I go, go broadcast live from a dirt track for four hours with cars racing while you're trying to do it and try to rotate through, I don't know, 60 guests or whatever. None of it would have happened if it wouldn't have been for Jake. Um, we, we had some, it, all kinds of technical issues that it's cell service. It, I mean, it, it was what it was. It was, you know, internet, all that stuff, but him and Austin did a fantastic job and the thing went off really well. Uh, but Bach, man, I, uh, if I had a million caps, I would tip every one of them to you, your way and Austin's way. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, what we wound up doing last weekend out at Eagle. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a fun show. Amon Green was on that show. Yeah. Jake uh, joined us and, of course, uh, engineering everything and making sure we stayed on the air. That was a fun night at Eagle Raceway. Uh, yeah, to the game, uh, Nebraska was in it for a while. Was there ever a point where you thought, I think they could win this game? Or were you just you're just waiting for Nebraska to fall off a cliff, which they eventually did? Well, it wasn't necessarily that I was waiting for Nebraska to fall off a cliff. I was just waiting to see if Jeff Sims was going to be Jeff Sims or if he was going to be this new guy that went through the transfer portal and miraculously doesn't turn the ball over all the time. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that that was disappointing. I, you know, opening drive. I, <laughs> it, 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 that, that was what drove me the most nuts. Um, and, and it's probably the thing, as I look back at the first two games, more than anything – that I guess I'm the only thing I'm questioning. I, whatever Matt Rule's doing, you know what? He's he's got a a, a game plan. Um, it's tried, it's true. Two different times, it's worked. Much worse predicaments and situations that he walked into than he did at Nebraska. Um, however, the one thing that I guess I'm a little dumbfounded by 
is, and I'm not saying that Casey Thompson would have been the answer, but he chased off Casey Thompson to some extent. Casey, he had some NIL money here or whatever. I, you know he was kind of told he was not going to be the guy, which is why he went uh, down to Florida Atlantic. And, you know, two weeks ago he was great, uh, 280 yards, five TDs. This week he sucked. Uh, he was back to <laughs> – he looked kind of like Jeff Sims did yesterday. A couple of turnovers, didn't play great. But the fact that they don't have a plan B at quarterback – is what is astonishing. That's that's where I guess I'm the most puzzled by what's gone on through the first two games. If Jeff Sims reverts back to Jeff Sims at Georgia Tech for the last couple of years, where he he's spectacular one play and then he turns the ball over the next play, and he turns the ball over a lot, way more than you need to have a starting quarterback turn the ball over in order to make a bowl game. I.e., Jeff Sims has never made a bowl game, never had that been the starting quarterback of a team with a winning record. Um. How do you not have a plan B? How do you think that you're going to, you know, what, whatever, you know, training or, or development, if it didn't work, which it has not, obviously, where's your plan B? Well, maybe plan I, I, B. That's my question. Well, maybe plan B is Heinrich Harburg. Maybe they did see enough in, in him where they didn't feel like they needed to go and get another transfer to replace Casey Thompson. Heinrich did uh, score the final touch or threw the final touchdown of the game. Do you think it's too early? Because we asked this question last week to Vershawn Jackson and uh, basically phrasing it like, hey, is it time to move on from Jeff Sims or you stay with Jeff Sims and try to fix him? And his answer was you try to fix Jeff Sims. What's your answer? Uh, there isn't one. And, and I'll tell you right now, Chubba Purdy's the number two. It's not Heinrich Harburg. My no. understanding is that Chubba Purdy, was, was, he's a little dinged up. That's why he's not the, the like, first guy off the bench. That was my understanding of the whole thing, why he didn't he wasn't the first guy to, to step in after Sims went down with the high ankle sprain. And I don't think Heinrich Harburg is the answer. I don't think Chubba Pretty Chubba Pretty, I don't know. That's the whole thing. He 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 had I said a couple of bad plays after three quarters and what, five minutes of really good play at Iowa last year. Um and and it just it just that little bit was missing. But is he the guy that could step in? Maybe that's what they saw. Was, was Chubba Purdy. I don't think it's Henrik Harburg by any stretch, not the way he throws the ball. As an athlete, yeah, to me, he's Jeff Sims. He's a guy that's going to go run and get you some yards, et cetera, but can he throw the ball? I don't know. Look at the spring game. What did he complete? One pass? I mean, yesterday he was off target all day long other than a couple of passes, and you know, good for Thomas Fedoni too, man. The touchdown catch is the icing on the cake on a horrible day, but – he got his first catch, and that first catch, man, that's one of those where you're like, that's an NFL catch, where he was kind of rolling out to his right. He made the cut, broke towards the sideline. The pass was a touch behind him. The DB made a great play on the ball, and Fedoni just went up and went, no, this is mine. That, like, That's what we see or what we expect from Thomas Fedoni. And like, figure out a way to get that guy the ball. But uh, you know, outside of that great catch, and then you know, obviously Harburg found him in the end zone. I, I just I don't know that Harburg's the guy at quarterback. It doesn't seem like Jeff Sims is either. But it, so that means Nebraska doesn't have a quarterback in 2023. So what do you do? Well, I Jeff's, don't know. <laughs> well, I, I don't know either. Uh, unless and we talked about this briefly going into the break. Maybe you, you switch to a more of a spread option attack where it's uh, short passes, rollouts. Uh, it, you're trying to run a pro style offense with a college style quarterback, and maybe not even a good college style and that's being mean I know but maybe not even a great uh, college style quarterback 
I think that it's time to find out what you have with Harburg, what you have with Purdy. If if Purdy could go, get him ready. If Harburg is – you see potential in year two or three of the rule era uh, with Heinrich Harburg, maybe it should be year one. So you're not – I go back to that comment that Matt Rule had. I don't want it to be year number one in year number two. And if they well, stay and, to, and if they stay with Sims, it might be year number one and year number two. And to that point, I want to go away from the quarterback and let's talk about let's. Uh, let, I want to compare Deion Sanders' philosophy, and I'm not going to get into Shadir Sanders and his. Oh my God, is you know they disrespected my daddy because they said they didn't like him running guys off is what the, the, you know he's alluding to is the the couple of shots that we know Matt Rule was taking at Dion with you know basically telling guys hey you know where to find me he's wearing a damn shirt that says you know where to find me i mean you know what i mean so when when Matt Rule said that in the spring we knew he was talking about Dion Shadir took offense to it. Whatever, dude, get over it. You're the same guy that was standing at, at you know, as the Nebraska players were walking on the field, showing off your what forty thousand dollar Rolex, like you're some big deal. I get it. You're a talented kid, but man, have some humility. Oh, that's right. You're Deion Sanders' kid. You have none. You have no class, no humility. Whatever, move on. But I, I just, I don't know that the thought process behind what Dion did is wrong. All the guys that were Part of the reason, in some way, shape, or form, of them going one and eleven and losing their last four games by what an average of forty points almost—they're all gone. They were run off. They were told to get out of town. The guys that make the mistakes time after time, game after game—they're gone. Guess what? The guys that we've watched for the last two to three years make mistake after mistake at crucial times in games. What have we seen through the first two games this year of guys that have been here in the past? They're making the same mistakes. Maybe Dion had a point. Hey, yeah, and, and and clearly that's a kind of a big discussion point is you know what is, you know the long term build for Matt Rule versus the short term for Deion Sanders. Um, I, I I just gotta you know tip the cap to Deion Sanders because I don't think most of us saw this coming. It's it's really one of the most miraculous turnarounds that I've seen. Whether it's sustainable or not, we'll see. But um, that aside, um, what do you think from the rest of this team? Are you are you kind of thinking the sky is falling? This team's going to be awful, um, or do you see enough from that defense that if they can at least just find a way not to turn the ball over they can win one of these games albeit kind of a, an ugly big 10 west 21 17 type of way do you think there's still a hope for this team after two weeks boy after minnesota i would have said there is after yesterday i don't know i i mean i i, I was cautiously optimistic tom heard me say it numerous times i thought there's their floor was six and six excuse me their ceiling was eight and four and I'll tell you right now, I don't think I, the the ceiling for this team right now, um, for me, is probably six and six. Mm. And I don't know that they match last year's record with what I've seen from a turnover standpoint, unless they figure out a quarterback that can go out and not turn the ball over, and they can get offensive linemen that don't ball start, that don't blow assignments and give up sacks running backs that don't fumble. I mean, it's just it's all these little things, and it's all on offense. That's the thing. Special teams yesterday was off. They weren't great. But you, they weren't great yesterday, yet they were average versus, I don't know, the last five years when they weren't great, they sucked. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we know that special teams unit and Ed Foley and those guys are going to give us opportunities. It didn't happen yesterday, whatever. That part I'm not concerned about. Defense, obviously not concerned about. But until they can stop turning the damn ball over and until they can stop jumping, uh, it, uh, having a false start on second and four at the 32, 
Are you like it's all these just are you kidding me plays? Yeah. And oh, by the way, yeah, you you did this last week. Oh, you did this eight freaking times last year. Like, what is the problem? That's where I just I I don't know. I don't know if they can win four games this year. I think the ceiling is six. Well, he's obviously still sick. Uh, Mike Melby. No, And I don't even know why, because that's the whole thing is why did, why, why did I think they could go eight and four? They, they had a quarterback that was coming in that did nothing but turn the ball over at Georgia Tech. Why did I think it was going to be any different here? Yeah. It's, you know, it's um, and, and so who knows? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike, get well. We'll see you next week. We appreciate it. All right, man. All right. All right, take care. There Bye. you go. Uh, Mike Melby, my co-host on this show every week, uh, every Sunday night, 5 to 7. It's called Husker Rewind. Bach is in tonight. We appreciate it. I want to do the grades, Bach. It's something we used to do on our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm bringing it back uh, for this show as well. Give me a letter grade. Offense, defense, special teams, against the run, that type of thing. And uh, it's going to be harsh. This week, I don't yeah. think I don't think there's a way that we could be kind. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to be a little kind to each other, but uh, to the team, I, that's going to be very difficult. Anyway, we'll do our grades and we'll come back right after this. Jake Bachoven, Tom Stevens, more on the way. This is Sunday Rewind on ninety three seven The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sunday Rewind, every Sunday, 5 to 7. Tom Stevens, Jake Bachoven this week, uh, sitting in for Mike Melby, who's uh, illin. He's on the IR for this week. He'll be back next week. NFL scores, of course, on Thursday night. The Chiefs, their reign is over. Uh, the Lions beat them, 21-20. So the Chiefs are out of it. Uh, they're not going to do anything this <laughs> year. Right. Uh, the Lions really could win that division, could win the North this year. It seems wide open without Aaron Rodgers in it. Uh, although the Packers look pretty good with Jordan Love so far, uh, winning 24-14 at last check over the Bears. Other games today, Commanders over the Cardinals. 49ers destroyed the Steelers, had the Jaguars beating the Colts. Uh, uh, Falcons over the Panthers earlier today. What else? Uh, Saints just barely get by the Titans. You had the Browns in a big upset over the Bengals, 24-3. The Ravens knock off the Texans. My Vikings go down to the Buccaneers. That's a tough loss. Uh, and then other games going on right now, as I mentioned, the Packers over the Bears. That's in the fourth quarter, 15 minutes left to go, 24-14. to Rams over the Seahawks with 11 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, other games, just uh, the Raiders are going to go to – uh, the Broncos. The Broncos are going to beat the Raiders. There's just three seconds left to go in that game. 13-10. to 10, Chargers and the Dolphins in a good one. Two minutes left in the third. The Dolphins lead the Chargers 27-24. Eagles over the Patriots in the fourth. 19-14. Updated there on the NFL. Your, your Cardinals didn't do very well today. That's good. I think we're tanking, so I'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> loss is better than eking out a win against Washington. Who, who, who's the Who's the first pick going to be this year if you tank? Well, they want. I think Caleb Williams is the idea, but he doesn't. He's already came out and said that if basically he's, he didn't name the Cardinals, but he said if he doesn't like the team that's drafting yeah. number one, he might return to college. I which, thought he transferred to Wendy's. 
<laughs> yeah, there was something about that on the on the uh, commercials. By the way, I, I thought it was hilarious, and everybody's already mentioned this though the uh, the third quarter Jeff Sims Amigos commercials that were coming on during yeah. the game. It was like I'm sure Amigos is just like no 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 not right now. You gotta do those at the beginning of the games. I think uh, By might the way, be better. What do you think of the pregame with all of the announcers on uh, Fox Noon, Big Noon, after they interviewed him? They all got up and hugged Dion. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that with a coach. They were all just, it was a big hug fest. Yeah. And, but except for Dion went over and hub, hugged Urban Meyer. So it was, it was like, man, the reverence everybody has for him yeah. is crazy. Well, that's, I mean, it's taken over. The college game day and Big Noon are going to Colorado, Colorado State next week. I mean, it's not a great week of college football as far as, like, the matchups are concerned to begin with, but he's taken over, and Jewel Klatt said it too. Um, you, you know, it's not just college football. Uh, it's sports. I mean, I this is the biggest story. I know. I, I haven't seen the numbers on that game, but it could. the numbers have to be huge from yesterday. Yeah. Even with a blowout. Yeah, maybe it started to trail off there at the end, you know, toward the end. But I, yeah. I certainly left to go play golf. <laughs> Did you leave before the end? It was over. Bob. It was you over, can't yeah. blame me for that. It was. I over. don't blame you. I just wonder. And I think I heard that from a lot of people. I usually sit and just make you know see if the backups can get something done. And they did get something done, so I'm yeah. glad I stuck around well, for they, it. I, I, I uh, had it recorded yeah, so I, I could see the highlights <laughs> there. Um, what you want to help me out yeah. over here, Bach? Because I, I want to play the grades. Uh, and there's something on that particular pot, and you know what's going on. You know how to fix stuff that I don't. It's like. Always the homeowner knows what's going on with the car or the, the car owner knows on what's going on with the rattling. That's what Bach is. He's been yeah. here so long. He hears a rattle in the board, and he knows how to fix it right <laughs> away. Uh, but let's get to the grades. They weren't all bad. Uh, Nebraska did some things well. Total offense, Colorado 396, Nebraska 341. Colorado with a few more first downs than Nebraska in the game. In the run game, Nebraska wasn't horrific. They averaged over 5.4 yards a carry. Gabe Irvin, 17 carries, 74 yards. Jeff Sims, 10 carries, 50 or 67 yards. As we said, no Anthony Grant on the day. Ramir had 66 yards. All told, 41 carries, 222. I will say this, just two carries came for, I mean, they had 83 yards on two carries alone. The Jeff Sims scramble, there was one other, a big run. The Ramirez Johnson one against the backups. I mean, I I was surprised to see them over 200. Right. So it's a little deceiving, but you throw in three fumbles in the run game. I can't do any better than a C minus in the run, even in the run game. With the three fumbles, it's almost, you could, you could, say F even in the run game. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I would understand what are you, what are you going to give him in the run game? Yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to Gabe Irvin here. Cause I thought he was starting to get some things going there. Um, occasionally probably missed a hole or two, but in any case, you know, I thought he did pretty well. Like I said, I mean, I'm not counting Ramirez 44 yards. If you take that one away and I don't know how many other carries he had on that drive, but you know, he got some carries. I thought it was interesting. Anthony Granton, they did get the long touchdown, I mean, I think you can go D plus. <laughs> you know, right. so yeah. your grade is uh, worse than mine. I went C minus, uh, but uh, they did do some good things in the running game, but not not well enough. And the three fumbles cancel everything out for me. Yeah. Versus the run, uh, Nebraska was pretty good. 
Uh, they allowed 1.6 or 1.8 per carry. Colorado, 33 attempts for only 58 yards. Dylan Edwards had uh, 55 of those yards. I'm going to give them a B. I thought they were pretty good against the run. And I don't think that's what they can you know, they can you know kind of say so far. They have been. I mean, Minnesota, if, if you paid attention to their they were really good yesterday. Game. Yeah, they had football. like 300 yards rushing or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and, and Grant, again, they weren't playing a big-name school or anything, but that's that's good. And a lot of this is helped by the sacks and in, in the pass rush, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to factor that in there too. But Colorado didn't really – Colorado doesn't try to run too much, um, and they kind of started breaking them off late too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I But I think they did pretty darn well. I'd give them a B – B plus. I mean, if you allow 58 yards one way or the other, that's pretty darn good. That's really good. I understand yeah. Colorado's not good running the football, but Nebraska uh, played them pretty well, I thought, overall defensively. In the past game, there's no way to put it. Nebraska was miserable. Uh, Jeff Sims, 9 of 15, 106, one pick, no TDs, his QBR for the day, mostly because of the three or the two fumbles, but really should have been three. He had another 34. Two weeks in a row, his QBR was 34. Uh, Billy Kemp uh, did get into the game. That was good to see. Five catches for 57 yards. Nate Borkercher had two catches, 33 yards. Fedoni had the touchdown, two catches, 13 yards. Washington had, I think they need to target Washington more. One catch, 13 yards. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm going to say D minus. I could go F. Yeah, and again, I again not counting the final drive. Shout out to Heiner Carberg for getting it done. Um, but against the backups, that doesn't do too much for me. So if you're just looking at the starter, 106 yards passing, um, you throw in the fact that Harburg and Purdy kind of had that combined drive that didn't get anything going there. Um, like you said, got Kemp and, and, and Kemp and Borkatcher had to make some like really great sideline catches when yeah. they were wide open to begin with. Um, so, I mean, even that it didn't look great. Um, you did have a few drops to go against them, but at least they got Kemp going. Again, I mean, it's going to be hard to grade anything on this offense to me over a D plus, right. so I'll go D minus. If you're grading on a, yeah. a, a curve, maybe because, right. you know, Nebraska's terrible, I thought right. they did a good job <laughs> of not taking as many chances in this game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this, no. To some extent, this might be a useless exercise, but you make a good point. Sometimes when guys are wide open, the – Still, the pass is so bad, yeah. and in many cases, if it's a good pass, guys could run after the catch. Yeah. They're never allowed to run after the catch because the passes are so bad. The one pass that was really good, Alex Bullock dropped. Then, oh, yeah. cool. That's right. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, against the pass, I'm going to go C-. minus. Uh, Shadir Sanders had uh, 31 of 42, two, 393, two TDs. His QBR was 68. Not spectacular, but Xavier, Xavier Weaver had a good day, 171 TD. Travis Hunter, another nice day, three catches, 73 he goes both ways jimmy horn had a pretty good day 64 yards i will say this uh nebraska had eight sacks they had eight sacks cam linhart had two uh he's the first freshman to do that since barry turner by the way that's that was impressive and i like the fact that nebraska doesn't just hang back and play in zone they're gonna make you beat them fine if you beat them but you're gonna have to beat them and, and I like that about Tony White. He's aggressive. Yeah. He's really aggressive. Uh, so you, I can't go any better than a C-, minus. but I thought they were okay against the pass. And I probably should give them a higher grade, really, with the eight sacks. Well, and it, 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 this is a hard exercise because I don't even know what to make of the defense because the numbers look bad, that, you know, the, you know, and so it, but through, so you don't trust the de- you don't trust that the defense might be good. No, I like the de- that's why I say this is hard because I like the defense. I love the performance for two and a half quarters, and then you know at a certain point 
they're just the offense. You give been, them any help though, they're yeah, in that game. That's what I'm saying. The def- the defense in the, in the numbers would have looked a lot better if you have any sort of offense that's that true. didn't put them in that hole. So um, it's it's hard, and they made, they had a lot of big three, you know, uh, third down stops. But but again, it just the snowball started rolling up against um, them. They had there was at one point where Colorado scored on seven of eight possessions, and again, some of those are short fields, but yep. that's not good. Um, so you know, eight, eight sacks. Nebraska, by the way, tied for the nation's lead in sacks right now. I did not know that. Um, so that is impressive. Um, a lot to do with that eight sacks yesterday. But Doesn't Nebraska have the Big Mac sack thing? Yeah. I bet a lot of people are eating at McDonald's this year. Yeah, I think it's uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I think you can go and get yourself a big two is Big it, Macs for the price of one. And they do that for the road games as well, right? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. That, they, I'm sure it goes for all year. <laughs> so Big Mac, we're going to eat at McDonald's all year long. If you can put down two Big Macs. I tried that. I've tried that before. That's a lot of calories at you once. You know when I could do it? It, it, the weirdest thing is I was good eating two Big Macs back when I was like 12. And <laughs> really? I, yeah. And at that point, I weighed 80 pounds. <laughs> and right. I could eat twice of what I can eat now. Yeah. It's crazy what I could put away at 80 yeah, pounds. Yeah, I don't want to buy. I'm not looking forward to buying my, my son uh, groceries when he's that age. Special teams, I give Nebraska a D plus. Uh, Tristan Alano missed the 45-yarder. Uh, that didn't help. Uh, Buscini did not have a good day. Four kicks, 35 yards. He shanked one. So that wasn't good. What do you think about special teams? Yeah, nothing spectacular. Nothing really to speak of in the return game not either. Not horrible, not great. Yeah, yeah, probably C. Yeah. Overall, game management, coaching, six penalties, 40 yards. But there were just stupid penalties. Colorado actually had more penalties. They had nine penalties for 80 yards. But the four turnovers, the three fumbles – uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's unacceptable. Well, I think they went off sides twice too. And there was another play where they just, they, <laughs> so Nebraska had actually more penalties. I think they had like nine um, and Colorado just didn't accept him because they made it better plays out of, you know, the um, free opportunities. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, wasn't great. And again, it just, I mean, there's not much you can do as far as management when the turnovers keep coming aboard, but, um, overall it doesn't look great. So yeah, I mean, I, no. I don't, there's nothing out of this game I've given you know, a B, you know, or anything above. I, I don't I think, think I can. I think we gave a B against the run. Against the run. Yeah. Against yeah, the yeah. run. Against we the both run, gave yeah. a B. Uh, so that was the best thing that Nebraska did. Uh, overall, I give a D minus in two weeks, Nebraska has 24 points and they have eight turnovers. Yeah. That offense is everything that you you could say just be bad and they would be one and one. Don't yeah. be horrific. How many times have we said that over the last ten years? Don't try not to be horrific, and you'll probably still win. And it's funny too because Matt Rule was basically made a point of this like a week or two two weeks before the season opened up, talking about how Nebraska's been in turnover prone, and he said we. You know, since like 2016 or whatever, and now like the biggest problem is turnovers. And I'm sure you've seen the stats of you know all all going back to 20 you know 2004. On Nebraska's like almost more than double the amount of turnovers even in the next. In, team. Even in the Pelini era, they almost never won the turnover battle. Well, Martinez fumbled quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Taylor Martinez, right. but he was a fumble machine. Yeah, and they they've kind of had quarterbacks like that. But I mean. My exercise that I'm starting to do is like, would I rather have Tanner Lee, Jeff Sims, Joe Daly, Jeff Sims? That's how bad Jeff Sims has kind of been so far. Is if you kind of go with the worst of the worst the last 20 years, nothing against those guys, no. but it's you know it's 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 tough. It's a tough call. I don't know if I don't I don't know if you don't pick those guys over Jeff right now. Well, I you pick them give overall. Uh, I'll give him a D. Okay, well, that was nice. They showed up. (laughs) (laughs) He did. Uh, We move on from the grades. The Big Ten Blitz. We go through every Big Ten game, and at the end, 
We rank the teams. Where's Nebraska ranked? Uh-oh. Uh, we'll do that coming up next.